T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning. I'm Jennifer Hodges. Here's what's happening. A Cal State East Bay expert on criminal justice says the video of the arrest of Tyree Nichols shows the officers committing a crime. KCBS's Bob Butler reports the professor believes the officers violated the general law enforcement code of ethics. The video can be described as horrific as Nichols is punched and tased by officers. He somehow is able to run away. He's later caught, beaten, and kicked. Hearing that, hey, it, it puts me in, you know, it's shocking. So it, it takes me to an emotional, it has me responding emotional. You know, that what I heard in that video, that is not police work. That's that's hate. Cal State East Bay doctor Lisa Hill says she's never seen anything like it. My gut level response is, you know, these officers committed a crime and they, they committed a vicious crime, which is a total violation of the, you know, general law enforcement code of ethics. The officers all face numerous charges, including secondary murder. They've all been released on bail. Bob Butler, KCBS. At least three people were killed, four others wounded in a shooting in California early this morning. Sergeant Frank Presidio of the Los Angeles Police Department confirmed the shooting happened just after 2.30 this morning in Beverly Crest. Beverly Crest is an upscale Los Angeles neighborhood. Of the seven people who were shot, four were standing outside. The three were in a car. This is at least the sixth mass shooting in California this month alone. It's unclear clear if the suspect or suspects are in custody. The recent series of mass shootings has renewed the debate over gun control measures in California and drawn questions about whether or not the state's laws are actually working. KCBS's Keith Menconi checks in on what the latest research into gun violence shows. Acts of violence, high-profile tragedies, that's what makes it into the news. So we're not aware of all the times that California's gun laws prevented mass shootings, prevented a domestic violence death, or prevented a suicide. Dr. Amy Barnhorst, a researcher of gun violence at UC Davis, she says if you zoom out beyond the headlines, the numbers suggest California's gun laws are making a difference. Our fire mortality rates are still among the lowest in the nation, and yes, some guns do come across, mostly from Nevada and Arizona. Among the state's gun laws, measures aimed at limiting access to firearms for individuals deemed to be at high risk of committing violence. 
Adam Winkler, an expert on gun law at UCLA, says the reality is we'll never be able to completely eliminate gun violence. And just like we're never going to completely eliminate drunk driving or completely eliminate sexual assault or murder, we just want to put laws in place that bring down the daily death toll uh, of gun from gun violence. Keith Lincone, KCBS. And for more of our conversation on the gun control debate spurred on by this past week's shootings, you can tune in to KCBS In-Depth. We'll be broadcasting it tomorrow morning at 8.30, once again at 8.30 p.m. Well, what if there was a simple blood test that could predict your risk for a stroke or heart attack? It turns out there actually is. We get the latest from KCBS's Jim Taylor. One day, we will be able to walk into Walgreens or CVS and pick up a simple over-the-counter blood test kit. Dr. Stephen Williams heads up Somalogic. Our vision is for it to become extremely broadly available and, and universal access. Really, imagine a test that, that we could all take that tells us what our risk might be for some sort of future bad event. That's exactly it, yeah. Uh, then the bad events that we've developed tests for so far are the, the heart attack, stroke, and death, but also um, for people with diabetes whether their kidneys are going to deteriorate or not. He says there will be more applications of a simple blood test to accurately predict your risk of heart attack over the next four years. Jim Taylor, KCBS. The U.S. is moving to further ease restrictions on blood donations from gay and bisexual men and other groups that typically face higher risks of HIV. The Food and Drug Administration on Friday announced draft guidelines that would do away with the current three-month abstinence requirement for donations from men who have sex with men. Instead, all potential donors would be screened with a new questionnaire that evaluates their individual risks for HIV based on sexual behavior and other factors. If finalized, many gay and bisexual men in monogamous relationships would be able to donate blood for the first time in decades. It is the latest move by the FDA to broaden donor eligibility with the potential to boost donations. Right now, we're joined on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Judge Ladores Cordell, who is a former San Jose Independent Police Auditor and retired Superior Court Judge in Santa Clara County. Uh, judge Cordell, thanks for joining us this morning sure so what are the charges that the officers are facing or, or could be facing the primary charges they're facing is second-degree murder but there are some other charges as well including kidnapping uh, so and make more charges indeed may be added but from what we saw in the video particularly from the sky cam video um, it's quite clear that um, this this beating fits, in my view, um, the definition of second-degree murder. What you've been around this. You, you and I have spoke before uh, quite a number of times mm -hmm. about this uh, this this subject. I mean, what are you feeling uh, today about this? I mean, what does this really say about police culture? Has anything changed? Uh, you, you know, your question is exactly the right one to ask. Uh, in my view, this is not about five or six or eight bad apples. This is about a culture in policing that is not just unique to Memphis. Let me give you one example. These officers were part of a unit and they called it the Scorpion Unit and they had the approval. It was sanctioned by the police department. Once we now see what they were up to and how they were treating people, now the decision gets made and it's likely that this 
this uh, unit will be disbanded. Well, why did it exist in the first place? It existed because of a culture that saw absolutely nothing wrong with having these officers basically go rogue uh, to and deal with members in the community like this. So it, it, it's, it's, there is something that's so deep and endemic in policing. One other comment about the culture of policing throughout America, including here on the West Coast, as well as in Memphis, the most frequent interaction that people have with police is through traffic stops. And those are the, the most frequent times that the officers just completely um, go rogue. And my view is that if you want to change the culture, the very essence of policing, you have to reimagine it, change the culture. And we need to start saying that police officers get them out away from making traffic stops. They don't need to make this kind of contact with all of their firearms and tasers and batons um, uh, when they're engaging in minor traffic stops. So it's my hope that we will all be appalled by this, but start rethinking now, reimagining what policing should be about. It's interesting that you say that, uh, Judge, because um, um, it was just this morning, I can't even remember where I read it, but I, I saw some dialogue online uh, between two African-American women, and they were going back and forth saying that one of the safest things they, they feel good about is the fact that they don't have a car. The woman was saying, you know, I, I usually these things happen outside of a car, which is exactly what you're saying. Right, right. So the U.S. Supreme Court has said to police around the country that it is all right to use traffic stops as pretext to look for other things, to get inside people's cars. It's a terrible ruling. It's been the law for uh, several, uh, at least a couple of decades, and that needs to change. Uh, and that's what officers do. The most of them on patrol spend their time trying to find little things that maybe the tag's not right on a license plate or there's something hanging from the mirror as a pretext to then stop a person and then, uh, then engage them. So, it, it, again, it's, it's, it's the culture that really needs to change. And a culture that permits units like a Scorpion unit to exist, that, that's a problem. The, the leader of the police department in Memphis needs to stop and say, why did I even think this was okay in the first place? It wasn't. So in order to change that culture, uh, what kind of training do you think, in your opinion, needs to be happening uh, that, that can be implemented to, to prevent something like this from happening again? Yeah, and, and a wonderful question, because if you look at the culture of policing, you have to look at who gets selected, the screening of officers, and then how are they trained? Most of the time, training is spent on the use of all of these weapons and firepower at these academies and very little time spent on other things like how you interact with people in the community. Ideally, police officers would live in the communities they patrol, they get to know people, and you have more trust built up. And I know that's not possible, particularly here on the West Coast, where it's expensive uh, to have housing in general. But these are the kinds of things that we need to look at, training, screening, and what's the purpose? What do we want the police to do in our communities? Judge Cordell, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.